0: Don't even try to tell me that Jakari Brown isn't bawling out there right now. You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to AllHurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. You know, going back to last year, you always hear from some people who are like, Oh, Jakari Brown, not a quarterback, just an athlete. Move this guy to tight end. Move this guy to receiver. Folks, I'm telling you. I see the work this guy is putting in in practice with his footwork, with his accuracy. He's getting a lot better out there as a passer. And how about this for evidence? Now, this was part of the practice that the media, myself included, did not get to see the other day. But kudos to the University of Miami for tweeting out this video I know some of you are watching the video version of this show on YouTube some of you are listening so I will make sure to tell you what is happening here but okay here is Jakari Brown in team drills throwing an absolute dime to Robbie Washington look at this look at that battle by the way for the oh my god that is beautiful that <laughs> is beautiful. Look how fired up Robbie is. This was a great scene. You love this for Team Unity. <laughs> Jakari's tackling Robbie right now. The whole offense, it's like a dog pile out there. Oh, that is a beautiful thing. What a throw and catch. And that's one of those things. I don't know what was better. The throw was on point. The catch was probably even better than the throw. I mean, To have an early enrollee freshman wide receiver hauling in a grab like that, and actually holding on to the football, which is something Miami's receivers didn't do enough of last year. And this is a guy who's not even played a down of college football yet in Robbie Washington. It's so nice to see that. Imagine how good Robbie is going to be once he gains some experience. So it's great to see Jakari throwing that football that well. Of course, we all, you know, remember when he missed a, a wide open Xavier Restrepo on what would have been an easy touchdown last year, but that one was on point. Hopefully those practice habits become in-game habits, but listen, I'm I'm excited about the quarterback room. Tyler Van Dyke, he's already basically 90-95% comfortable in the Shannon Dawson offense. He says he's picking up the installation very quickly. Uh, he's feeling more confident out there. He told us the other day that He thinks he's throwing the football now even better than he was before his shoulder injury, which is good. He's excited about the opportunity to to go vertical, which you saw there on that clip from Jakari to Robbie. That was there was nothing horizontal about that. That was vertical. Tyler is excited for the opportunity to go vertical more this season. And, you know, we've talked about Emery Williams, who looks really, and uh, really good for an early enrollee freshman. So his development from this point forward is going to be critical. Uh, but I like that from the quarterback room and then to see a guy like Robbie, who has been one of the standouts. Ray Ray and Robbie are both doing really well. The early enrollee freshman receivers. And you saw some pretty powerful evidence right there on what Robbie Washington is capable of doing. So. Let's not doubt Jakari Brown too much, okay? I think he's going to be a great one at quarterback. Let's not try to change positions for this guy. I think he's going to be a great quarterback here at the University of Miami. Uh, opening up this episode to Q&A, because you guys have questions about the football team and about the basketball team as, my goodness, we are two days away from the Final Four. The nerves, the nerves are starting to set in. Uh, you guys can tweet the show at Locked On Canes. And if you follow the show at Locked On Canes, we will follow you back. How about that? And you can tweet us your questions for QA episodes. Uh, sometimes I use QA questions uh, for mailbag columns on allhurricanes.com as well. So we get a question here from Juan Marquez who writes We all know that championship teams have good chemistry from players to coaches from what you can tell, how's the chemistry looking so far? Uh, I consider this a great question, even though there's not really any way to answer it at this point. But it's a great question there from Juan, because he's spot on about building chemistry. And it's obviously a work in progress. That was something JV Cohen brought up when he spoke to the media this week. And how well spoken is JV Oh, my goodness. And Built. Do you see the, the, the traps on that dude? Like JV on Cohen, I don't think there's an ounce of body fat on that dude, and he's 300-plus pounds. But JV on Cohen talked about that, and he even threw a shout-out just for how talented Miami's O-line is because he was asked, you know, how different, you know, Miami's O-line is from the O-lines that he played in Alabama talent-wise, and he said they are not far off. Right When it comes to pure talent and ability, not far off. But then Cohen rightfully pointed out, O-line play is predicated so much on chemistry, and we have to become a unit. We have to play as one. So that's right now what these guys are trying to do, because the talent is there from Jalen Rivers to Javion to Matt Lee, who's also rocking it, the transfer from UCF, who's been really good. Inez Cooper looks incredible. Uh, He's still... Gigantic. He's almost 350 pounds, but he's trimming down. He was like 400 pounds last year. Francisco uh, Francis, I should say, Goa is doing really well. The Pancake Honcho Samson Okunlola is doing really well. The early enrollee freshman, but they're learning to play as a unit. And I'm sure you can say that about every position group on down, that these guys are learning to play as a unit. And, you know, another reason why I hope that they're building that chemistry that Juan was asking about there is. You know, last year you just uh, you had a lot of uh, you know oil and vinegar in the locker room. It just wasn't mixing together, and that's why at the end of the season, Cam Kitchens, who's one of the leaders of that team, essentially said, "If you don't want to be part of this, get out, hit the portal, get out of here." And then Miami has you know roughly twenty guys who hit the portal. So I would like to think that some of the players and listen, these are not bad guys. Some of the guys who left, that's not what I'm saying, but you know, if you just don't have chemistry, that's not necessarily an indictment on some of the guys who left, but if, if it's not a good fit and if they're not all bought in on Miami, go somewhere else, find a place where you are going to be bought in. So hopefully in, you know, cutting some of those guys from the roster and and seeing them take their talents elsewhere, that's going to improve the chemistry. Cause now the players who are still here are the ones who want to be here, the ones who want to play for Mario and his assistant coaches, and the ones who get along with each other, right? Because I think that's also very important. These guys have to be friends. They've got to be chummy off the field and all that. So, um, you know, Juan, unfortunately, I can't sit here and tell you chemistry's perfect. 10, 11, 12, 14, 15 wins coming up this year. I can't say that. It's way too early. But the chemistry is a work in process because that's what JV Cohen told us they're working to build chemistry on that offensive line. So I think that's where we're at on that. Uh, get a question, a good one from uh, our guy, war beast, Otto Liller, who says you've covered most of the rooms over the last couple of weeks on the show. So maybe a snapshot or update on how the secondary is shaping up so far star safeties, defensive backs. He says, I think at this point, cam is the only given uh, yeah, I mean, as you know, Cam Kitchens—he's a superstar—and Lance Gidry, the new defensive coordinator, absolutely loves him. And since Gidry has a safety coach's background, he works with Cam a lot. Uh, so Cam is looking great. Uh, James Williams is not playing in spring, so we have to wait for an assessment there on how you know he does with the new coaches and stuff. So we don't know that yet. Uh, one guy that I was watching this week in practice closely was Markeith Williams. I think he looks great. I think he's adding some weight to that very tall frame of his. I think his length and his instincts make him very dangerous at safety. Cristobal was complimentary of him, so I could see him breaking out this year. At cornerback, probably the best guy in spring so far has been Daryl Porter. He's been one of the most impressive players in spring practice. He's looked really fluid, picking up the defense nicely. Uh, You know, to Corey Couch, who's probably going to be your starting star, uh, he's added some weight this year, gotten a little, little thicker and a little bit stronger. Quality weight, of course. He's not eating donuts or anything. He's just doing ep- extra reps in the weight room. Uh, Chris Graves, I've been impressed by. I think that's, you know, someone who could step up big time at corner this year. And the transfers, they're getting compliments from their coaches, right? I think Miami added a couple of important veteran pieces in the transfer portal. Devontae Brown. Terry Roberts uh, Roberts is very versatile. I think you're going to see him on the boundary at the star, probably making plays on special teams too. And, you know, Devonte Brown and Roberts, they both just, they had so much quality experience uh, and leadership into that room. I mean, in the case of Roberts, I think it's his last year of eligibility. devonte has got multiple, I think two years left of eligibility, but both of them, they bring some experience uh, to add to that pretty young secondary group. So, uh, I'm excited about that. Oh, we got a question on the other side. Uh, some good ones here about John Ruiz's appearance on ESPN yesterday. We got to dive into that. And about transfer portal wide receiver possibilities, because that's something we've talked a lot about on this show, but we haven't talked about that in a couple of weeks. So you want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Guys. The NCAA tournament is heating up. We're headed into the Final Four, and our Miami Hurricanes are in the Final Four. There is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win, so you have nothing to lose literally in that first bet. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim you're no sweat first bet. then you can wager on everything, from the money line to point spreads, to which team's gonna be cutting down the net. So as you know, our hurricanes are underdogs. So if you're bullish on Miami like I am, take advantage. Hurricanes plus five and a half, so they're five and a half point dogs against Yukon. And if you think Miami's gonna win outright, That game, you're going to get a great return because Miami are plus 202 on the money line. So you're going to get more than double your bet back if you bet on Miami to win the game and they win the game. So I think that's pretty neat right there. And it's all available to you at FanDuel. Do not miss your chance at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. By the way, it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. So join FanDuel today. Just go to fanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So we get this question from Jim in Fort Myers, who says, Hey, did you see our pal John Ruiz on ESPN? And what did you think? So, yeah, John Ruiz was interviewed. and He's obviously a very hot topic because with the women's team getting to the Elite Eight for the first time uh, and the men's team getting to the Final Four for the first time, uh, a lot of these lazy media members out there are like, oh, look, they, they, they bought these teams with NIL Cavenders, Nigel Pack, 800 grand. They bought an Elite Eight run and a Final Four run. It's a, it's a very lazy narrative, but it is what it is. The media doesn't want to do any actual research anymore. They just give you the hot takes and the headlines and the clickbait and all that. So I think it was cool that they brought on John Ruiz just to get more detail on what he does and why he does it. The only complaint that I have about that interview is I wish they'd kept him on longer because they gave like the whole piece was about nine minutes long and they actually spent more time running a montage of college coaches talking about NIL than actually talking to John. And I thought they rushed him off a bit at the end, but he did a pretty good job with the time that they gave to to him. Uh, I thought he did a really good job of, explaining how life wallet athletes right the players who earn nil through life wallet they actually work like they actually put in work to earn what they're paying like it's not like you're just paying these players to play you're actually paying them to work and to promote your brand and there's a lot of different things that go into that Uh, and like he explained that for his businesses life wallet and the cigarette racing unlike a lot of the collectives around college football, which only exist just to pay players, he's actually running businesses that get a return on his investment from the advertising that his athletes do. And then in some cases, the tweets that he writes about it. So all that is why he doesn't want to be classified and he feels it's improper to classify him as a quote unquote booster because he actually has legitimate businesses that are benefiting from his NIL investments where from the way I understand it, like a booster is someone who donates money to try and, you know, make their sports teams better. And they're not actually getting a return on an investment because they're just donating money specifically for that. Whereas John Ruiz is a businessman and he's, you know, making return on his investment with his actual, you know, publicly traded companies uh, that he's getting a return on investment for. So he was able to make that distinction. And listen, I, I hope that, The people outside of South Florida who watched that interview actually watched it with an open mind because a lot of the people outside South Florida look at John Ruiz as just bad. He's the enemy. This guy, he's buying players. Like, Florida fans hate the guy because, you know, they couldn't get any recruits because all the recruits they wanted came to Miami, and they blame John Ruiz for that. So hopefully people actually watched that with an open mind. I, I don't know if that was the case or not, but hopefully they did get a question from... Ben Pfeiffer, who says, what's the latest on transfer portal wide receiver possibilities? And are there any updates on Gary Bryant Jr.? Uh, So for Gary Bryant, I do hear a lot of Oregon buzz now for him. I I absolutely think Miami is still in the mix. And he could be announcing his decision really at any time. uh, Because supposedly it was going to happen at the end of March. It's the end of March, just about. So I do hear some Oregon buzz for him. That worries me a little bit. Um, As far as like Bryant, maybe trending a little bit less to Miami. I think Tyler Harrell uh, from uh, Alabama, formerly Louisville, uh, transferred to Alabama. I think he's trending more towards Miami now. I I think uh, the latest I heard is Miami is in a pretty good spot for him. He's deciding between Miami and Texas A&M. So uh, if we don't land, one of the two we could go two for two we could go two for two we could go one for two but if we go oh for two on these guys I'm going to consider that a failure because you know Miami has been trying to land more wide receiver help but then at the same time um when the transfer portal reopens in May and so the way that this works like these guys Bryant and Harold they don't have to wait until May to make a decision because they entered the portal already but you cannot newly enter the portal right now again until May. But then when the portal reopens in May, I'm expecting more wide receivers around the country to enter the portal. So even if, and I don't want this to happen, but if Miami strikes out with both Harold and Gary Bryant, I think they will have opportunities at other potentially really good players in the transfer portal. We'll have to see who gets into it. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but um, you know, we'll, we'll, I think we'll be finding out sooner rather than later with Bryant, and uh, I, I think for for Harold, he's pretty torn between Miami and Texas A and M. Speaking of Miami and Texas A and M, those are the two schools that Aaron Noland has been the most complimentary of. Uh, nine days away now from his verbal commitment, we basically devoted like a ten minute segment yesterday. We talked a lot about the four star quarterback, dual threat superstar out of Langston Hughes High School in Georgia. We talked a lot about air on yesterday's episode and how um, I'm cautiously optimistic about Miami's chances. Miami is slightly trending in the lead for air, but it's not a slam dunk. And uh, the schools that he seems most complimentary of heading into his commitment on April 8th are Miami and Texas A&M. So it may, you know, there are other schools in the mix, no question including Alabama, Clemson, and Ole Miss. But I don't know, Miami versus Texas A&M. Those those may be the top two that he's leaning to right now. So we will keep our eyes on that over the next nine days. Uh, All right, we got a a basketball note from one of our favorites, Neo, the guy from The Matrix. By the way, I haven't seen the new John Wick movie yet. Is that any good? Because I saw one of our listeners, VLKV, who's a big movie guy. Like I saw him tweeting the other day that the John wick fourth movie was terrible. Like he thought, and that made me sad. Like I, cause I, I love that series. So I don't know. I, it, I haven't seen the fourth. Mo- Is it terrible? Is it good? Is VLKV wrong on this? Is he completely right? I would love to know, but yeah, we'll talk a little more canes hoops. Also. I want to talk about uh, a cool new feature we are adding uh, here on locked on canes. I think it's going to open a, a new opportunity for me and for you guys, we will get to that and more next right here on Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcast and available free on YouTube. And after you make us your first listen, make sure you make Locked on College Basketball your second listen because Andy Patton and Isaac Shade, they're studs. And they take you across the college basketball landscape. Hello, Final Four, Miami, let's freaking go. They take you across the college basketball landscape every day in 30 minutes or less with the best conversations, insights, stats, big name guests, coaches, players, all that good stuff. Just like us, they're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And speaking of college basketball, I did promise you guys yesterday, and we will deliver. It's going to come out later on today. Uh, we will talk with the voice of the Miami Hurricanes, Joe Zagaki. I'm excited for Joe that he gets to call a Final Four because he's been calling college basketball, Canes basketball for a long time. This is the greatest run in team history. So I'm so excited for Joe, who's going to join us later on today from Houston uh, to, to break down Miami versus UConn and give us his insights on how the Canes can keep on dancing, keep on dancing into Monday. Uh, so we get a this is more of a comment from neo who says i still can't believe my miami hurricanes are playing in the final four on saturday night it's like we're in the matrix then he says is that my cat in here now bro that is a deep track reference for those of you who have followed my radio career you get that reference if you haven't you don't but if you know you know is that my cat in here <laughs> great stuff neo uh I'm a little bit in disbelief as well. And and the funny thing about it is how how captivated the alumni base has been by this because I see like former canes football players who I've never seen tweet about basketball before. They're so into this final four run. Like it's bringing all the alumni together. Like Mario Cristobal, when he opened up his presser on Tuesday, the first thing he said was, how about our basketball teams? And he talked about how great everyone was doing in basketball. And so I I love how everyone's getting behind this team now. And, uh, you know, UConn is going to be tough, but I laid down the reasons already why I think Miami is going to cover that five and a half point spread. And I do believe the Hurricanes are going to win outright because, UConn is being built up like there's some unbeatable monster of a team. First of all, Miami has actually had a tougher road to this Final Four if you go by the seeds and the odds to win those games uh, than UConn. Miami's already had to knock out number one overall seed and a number two seed to get to where they're at right now. They've had a very tough road just to get to the Final Four. And the Hurricanes are the type of team, they're not going to get steamrolled the way that Gonzaga and the other teams UConn has faced. Miami's going to keep it close. I believe the three-point shooting is going to bounce back in this game. The free-throw shooting is always tight. Miami's got so many players who can score in double figures, so you can't just shut down one guy and expect no one else to be able to beat you with their scoring. So this is absolutely going to be a close game. So at the end, it's going to come down to clutch shots. It's going to come down to experience and experience coaching And no disrespect to Danny Hurley, who comes from, you know, like a four-generation basketball coaching family. He's surrounded by coaches at every family reunion, but he doesn't have the type of firsthand experience that Coach L has. So there are a number of reasons why I believe Miami's going to keep this game close and win this game outright. But, yes, Neo, it does feel like a dream. It does feel like a dream that around 8.39 p.m. this Saturday – The Miami Hurricanes are going to be playing in the Final Four. And I know some people are saying stuff like, well, just happy to be here. You know, Final Four, no one had that on their bingo card outside of a select few who had Miami winning in their brackets. And thank you for your faith. Right. Some people are like, oh, just happy to be here. Even if we lose, we're playing with house money. I don't look at it that way. Miami loses on Saturday. I'm going to be pissed. If they lose on Saturday, that's going to ruin my Sunday, all right? I'm, I'm so into this, and I believe in this team. I want to be cutting down those nets at the end of the tournament. So, yeah. And when we were talking about keys to the game yesterday, I left out – I think I left this out on this show yesterday. One of the most important things is – because some people were saying it in the YouTube comments and on Twitter, and you're 100% right – Norchad Omier can't be in foul trouble in this game. No, like you can't be walking that tightrope that he was walking on uh, uh on what was it Sunday last Sunday in the elite eight round where he was in foul trouble for the entire game against Texas. He's playing like the final eight minutes of the second half. He's playing on four fouls like you can't you can't get away with that against UConn. Um, you know, lightning is not going to strike twice there where Miami's going to win a game, despite O'Mears minutes being limited due to foul trouble. He's got to stay out of foul trouble in this one. I think that's a very important key to this game. So I wanted to announce something to you guys. Uh, and I am going to, I'm going to put a link in the show notes on how you can sign up for this. And there's really like, you know, I'm not asking you guys for any kind of a, uh, you know, a financial commitment if you don't want to, but people have been asking if there are like any other ways to support the show. Right. Because I don't like, I don't uh, give my Venmo information. Like I don't ask for super chats or anything like that on YouTube, because I don't want to try to ask you guys to pay for something if I'm not giving you extra value for something. So the locked on network now, and I I'm one of the shows who gets to, to gets to roll this out first, Uh, we are adding a subtext texting platform to our network and Locked on Canes is gonna be one of the first to roll this out. So the way this works is guys, you can sign up to get text messages from me and I'm gonna be able to give you guys some stuff before you can hear it or see it on our Locked on Canes episodes. It could be immediate insights and reactions from practices. It could be recruiting notes, injury notes before they come out and before I can do an episode. And you can chat with me one-on-one because if you know me, you know, I'm always on my phone. (laughs) So I'm never, I'm never far away. I am never far away from my cellular device. So you guys are going to be able to sign up for text messages Uh, from me and from the show. We're also going to put out show notes before the show's even come out. Uh, So you're going to be able to sign up. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to our subtext platform. Uh, There's also a, a 305 number. If you don't want to click the link and go through like, you know, whatever device, you can just text directly. And first 14 days, completely free uh, and then after a 14-day free trial which you can opt out of it like if you don't think hey what am I getting here I don't care about talking to Dono I need a break from Dono but if you want to hang around past 14 days uh, $4.99 a month so that's a way that you guys can help support the show but we're giving you something of value for this, right? I don't ask for donations or anything. Like I'm not a church. I don't hand out an offering plate, but we're going to be offering this really cool service. In addition to everything we do on this show through subtext, where you're going to be able to text me one-on-one. I'm going to send you guys exclusive notes before you can ever see them or hear them on our shows. And by the way, when I do a half hour show per day, uh, I could do this for 10 hours a day because I love talking about the Canes. I love talking Canes football, Canes hoops. We should be talking more Canes baseball. We're going to do that once the final four is over. I could sit here and talk for 10 hours. So you're going to get some thoughts and notes through the subtext platform that you're not even to get on the show. So I'm going to include the link in the show notes on the audio podcast and on the YouTube show in the show notes, a link on how you guys can sign up for subtext. I'm going to be officially sending out the first subtext text later on today here uh, on Thursday. So we're going to get it officially rolled out today and and that's a way you can support the show. So I appreciate you guys so much. We will talk to you again later today with Josie on another episode of locked on canes, part of the awesome locked on podcast network, your team every day.